Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Good morning. It's good to be here at Higher Ground. Um, as, as Adam mentioned last week, he kicked off the sermon series, Finding Home. And what he said was that our longing for home originates in God and points to God. And he said that Adam and Eve, when they were expelled from the garden, ever since then, we've been homesick for the garden. And I feel that inside me. I don't know about you. Um, And here's what he also said. He said, Jesus came to point the way home and even to be the way home. So this morning, what I want us to do is to consider how we can love people well by creating spaces in which they can taste home. Anyone know what the one word version of that sentence is? It starts with an H. Hospitality. Hospitality. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us do not neglect to show hospitality. But what exactly is hospitality? You know, in the New Testament, the Greek word for hospitality translates as this, love for the stranger. And we see love for the stranger all over the scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament, from Abraham to Rahab to Lydia to the story of the Good Samaritan. But I think we see the ultimate example in the life of Jesus himself, because in a way, his whole life can be thought of as an act of hospitality. He spent his days, his life, loving strangers, loving those who are estranged from God. So this morning, what I want us to do is look at a moment in the life of Jesus that I think can teach us a lot about hospitality. It was the night before he died. He shared a meal with his supper and with his friends, the disciples, the last supper. And after that, he did something very surprising. So let's read. And this is on your handout if you can read it. I know the lights are dim. Um, Or you can just listen. Uh, In John 13, starting with verse 1 and also verses 4 and 5. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Another translation says, he showed them the full extent of his love. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. What is Jesus doing? Well, he's doing exactly what we see him doing. He is washing the disciples' feet. And this was a classic form of hospitality in the ancient Near East. But usually, it wasn't the host who washed the the feet of a guest. It was a servant Jesus is stepping into the role of a servant. And just in case the disciples miss that, he takes off his tunic, wraps a towel around his waist. And what he's doing when he does that is he's actually, in a sense, putting on the uniform of a servant so they don't miss it. And as a servant, he gets down on on his knees and he humbly... uh, meets a very basic human need. He cleans and refreshes their hot and dusty desert feet. 
And this morning, I want to suggest that there are three ways we can be thinking about hospitality. And the first is simply caring for people's physical needs. God was at work changing the lives of the disciples through this simple but radical act of foot washing. And I believe he wants to be changing people's lives through our radical, simple acts of hospitality. Maybe it's a cold cup of water to a stranger on a hot day or sharing a meal with someone who often eats alone. Maybe it's donating a jacket to USCRI Vermont to benefit a refugee who's spending their first winter in Vermont and they're not prepared. Or maybe it's just letting the parent ahead of you with a crying infant at the grocery store, uh, sorry, behind you, go ahead of you, giving them a space in the line. What resources, what opportunities do you have that can help meet another person's physical need? And in doing so, make them to feel welcomed and loved Make them to feel at home. Let me tell you a story. When I was little, one very cold, snowy winter day, my dad took my little sister and I, and we were quite young, on a very long walk through the woods, and our feet got really cold, really cold. You know how kids' feet tend to do in winter. Well, it was a long way back home. It was too long. And I remember my dad doing something that kind of surprised me. He knocked on the door of a stranger's house. It was a yellow house. An old lady opened the door. And within a few minutes, we were sitting around her table with our boots off so our feet could warm up. We had mugs of hot chocolate in our hands. And you know what warmed us even more than the hot chocolate? Her kindness. I know that sounds a little sappy, but I don't know that lady's name. I will never forget, however, what she taught me about hospitality. Well, Jesus' hospitality doesn't just meet the physical needs of his disciples. He also ministers to their social needs. So let's keep reading in verse uh, 6. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now, but what I am, do- what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Now, there is a lot going on in this passage, but what I want us to notice this morning is that Jesus gives Peter the gift of belonging, a gift he offers to all of his disciples and also to us. And it's not just a passing sense of belonging. It's a fixed, settled, eternal belonging. And isn't that what we all long for? to fully belong, to be in a place where we're fully known and loved, where who we are counts, and we know that that is never going to change. I believe that when we come to understand that we really do have a place at the table in the kingdom of God, we are well positioned to extend a sense of belonging to others. Because you see, We're no longer running around trying to figure out how to belong, where to belong, how to earn a sense of belonging, how to to get people to let us in, how to convince them that we're special. That piece of business is taken care of once and for all, and we are freed. We are freed to serve others, to love others, to offer them a taste of the belonging that we have come to know for ourselves in Christ. So how do we do that? You know, I think a great way to extend to others a sense of belonging is to leverage our day-to-day lives to include people in what we're already doing. 
Maybe we're going on some errands. Is there someone in our life who's new to the area who, who might want to come along? Or maybe a child of ours is in a play or, or a concert or has a soccer game. Is there a single person in your life who doesn't have a family who might like to help cheer your child on and be a part of the family? How are you uniquely positioned to create a space for someone in which they can experience belonging? Now, before we start to think about hospitality as a one-way street, let me stop us right here because hospitality, when it is genuine, I believe is always a two-way street. We aren't simply serving a person for their sake. God is often bringing them to us to serve them for our sake. (laughs) God may be wanting to use this person in our lives as much as he wants to use us in their lives. Um, Parker Palmer, who's a Quaker author, he says it this way, and I love this quote. He says, hospitality, rightly understood, is premised on the notion that, and here's the punchline, the stranger has much to teach us. The stranger has much to teach us. Let me ask you this. How have you been enriched by someone to whom you have shown hospitality? What have you learned from them? How did it change you for the better? So hospitality is also, not, is also a two-way street in this. Hospitality can counterintuitively, it can emerge from asking someone else for help. I know that sounds like a paradox. It is a paradox. You know, Jesus has a conversation in John 4 with a Samaritan woman um, who's at a well, and she's an ostracized woman, but he extends to her respect and love and actually gives her a radical sense of belonging. It transforms her. It even transforms her town. And how did that start? Because Jesus was thirsty, and he was at a well, and he asked her for a glass of water. It may sound counterintuitive, but asking someone for a hand can lead to an opportunity to show hospitality. So let's finish up the passage here. Um, Jesus doesn't just care for the physical needs of the disciples, the social needs of the disciples. He also is caring for their soul needs. Verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So, uh, What I want to point out here is that Jesus, in his caring for the physical needs and the social needs of the disciples, has actually been caring for their souls all along. Because by washing his disciples' feet, guess what he's doing? He's not just washing his disciples' feet. He is revealing the character and nature of God. He is showing them that God is humble. God is sacrificial. God loves them. God loves them personally. God loves them deeply. And by giving them a sense of belonging, part of a family, he helps them to glimpse what God is doing on earth. God is building a family. He's building a kingdom family. And now he's sending them out to be people who are like God, who are humble, who are not afraid to serve or to sacrifice. They are not afraid to wash feet. 
So when we care for people's bodies, when we give them a place in the family, a place of belonging, a taste of belonging, we're actually, even if we're not aware of it, we're caring for their souls because we're letting God's character be on display in our lives. We're giving them a small glimpse of what God is like. His love is overflowing through us. So here are a few other ways that we can be caring for people's souls. Um, we can be listening. Henry Nouwen, the Catholic author and priest, um, considered listening one of the highest forms of hospitality. And you know, there's some good news here because this means you don't need to own a home. You don't even need to own a table to show hospitality. You can show hospitality to the, the stranger on the street by listening. Henry Nouwen says, listening uh, is much more than allowing another to talk and waiting for a chance to respond. Listening is paying full attention to others and welcoming others into our very being. That is profound. Listening is welcoming others into our very being. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, raise your hand, how many of you enjoy creating art or craft? There's some kind of, maybe film, maybe like you make cards, thank you. Or maybe like you play music. We had some amazing musicians on the stage and who will come up again. And uh, maybe you um, maybe you love dance. Um, a song can be a healing place. A poem or a painting can be a taste of Eden. It can whet our appetite for God, for home. Artists, you are people of hospitality. So art is another way we can be showing soul hospitality. And finally, if you have the opportunity, if God invites you to do this or another person invites you to do this, one way we can be caring for souls is simply by praying with people, praying for them with them. When you let someone in on your conversation with God about them, something mysterious happens. And I have witnessed it over and over again. Almost always there is a shift. And I can tell you, I've talked to people for two hours and I have listened well and I don't see any shift sometimes. And I'm just thinking, this conversation is going nowhere. They're getting nothing out of this. And I take two minutes to pray for them. And suddenly everything is different. There's a divine reassurance, a sense of hope where there may not have been hope. They may have felt far from God, and suddenly as you're praying, they feel ushered into the living room of God's presence. They find themselves once again, or perhaps for the first time, at home in the center of God's love. So friends, just to conclude, hospitality is not a little thing. The enemy of God would love to isolate people, divide people, keep them from knowing how loved they are. And guess what? Hospitality, I believe it is a weapon that we can use in this spiritual war we find ourselves in. It is a weapon of love. God is using it to break down social and cultural barriers. I love when hospitality happens intergenerationally, and I have seen that over and over again in our church, where perhaps a young person uh, uh, connects with an older person, comes alongside them as a friend, where a family makes a space at the table for a college student or a young adult who's single, and how powerful it is when we welcome the foreigner into our home, when we intentionally make spaces for uh, people of different racial, racial or ethnic backgrounds, when we listen to their stories, 
when we look beyond sexual orientation and are willing to recognize a human who is as much in need of belonging as anyone else. Friends, there are many ways to wash feet. Every time we set a table for a guest, every time we listen well, every time we lend a coat, every time we pray with someone, every time we let God love another person through us, we are defeating the darkness and we are announcing the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize your hospitality toward us. This earth, O oh Lord, has been for us a taste of your hospitality. You have provided food for us on our tables and shelter for us and warmth for us and friendships for us and families for us. And all of this, O oh Lord, that we at times take for granted, we recognize is your hospitality. And we thank you for the life of Jesus, Lord, that extends your hospitality to us in a whole new way. And we thank you, Lord, for the commission that you give us through Jesus to follow in your steps and wash people's feet. And in so doing, be transformed. And in so doing, overcome darkness. And in so doing, give people a taste of your love and a taste of belonging and a taste of home, eternal home. Lord, would you do that through us? Would you give us eyes to see this week, oh Lord, one way, a small way perhaps, or a large way in which we can respond to your invitation, in which we can imitate you as you invite us to do, as you invited the disciples to do. We can imitate you in showing hospitality. And we pray that you would be glorified and that you would help us and that you yourself would use that act of hospitality in spite of our flaws and weaknesses, oh Lord, to bring uh, hope, to bring change, to bring love. And we pray that in our small acts of hospitality, your kingdom come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.